Celtic head into match day two of this season's Scottish Premiership and to potentially one of the hardest fixtures in the calendar as they travel to the North East to face Aberdeen at Pataudry in Sunday's lunchtime kickoff. This is Tino with the pre-match show and I'm joined here by Brido. Brido, it's always one to look forward to, but definitely a toughie. Your initial thoughts ahead of Sunday's game? Yeah, uh, good to speak to you again, bud. Um, I, 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 Pataudry, um, even with the reduced allocation, it's always one we kind of look at in the... In the diary, it, it's meant to be um, one of the harder games, meant to be, but we tend to have a reasonably um, good record up there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, I just want us to see that kind of progression um, and what Brendan's wanting them to try and play like and try and do and ultimately just get the three points and, and, uh, and keep ticking on. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into Aberdeen too much, I just want to cast back slightly to last week and just your general impressions on that. So, four goals scored against Ross County, all good there, but two sloppy goals conceded. Who stood out for you in that one and what's your overall take on how we approach things under Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, we said after the game last week, I think uh, good to get the three points and then when you kind of reflect on it, it's early in the season, maybe you don't want to be overly critical um, so we look at positives. One of the biggest changes we've seen from Ange into Brendan is the role of the striker. Kyogo was very much once he was involved, took him a while to get involved, but once the players kept possession and he got got involved in the game, um, he was dropping deep and linking in. Uh, I quite like him doing that. I think he's very good at that. Um, not so much out wide, um, but just dropping in and really getting involved in the game and then midfielders running beyond. I'm a big fan of that. I feel like uh, if teams don't have that, which in certain eras we've not had, um, then you lose a real threat of goal scoring from midfield, which is quite difficult to track the runners. So I thought that that was a big part of our game plan under Brendan and I'm, I'm expecting to see that a lot more. <clears throat> and just been a bit more fluid and also starting the game a bit better than we did last week. I think last week was a bit sticky, to say the least. Um, and hope, hoping that Joe Hart calmed down a wee bit. It just seems a bit edgy and there seems to be a lot of talk. Um, and maybe some of the other players just that were a bit rusty. Hopefully they kick on from last week into this week. So that's what I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing uh, on, uh, on tomorrow. In fact, Sunday. Sunday, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a, a bit slow out the traps against Ross County on Saturday. Um, not sure the reason for that. You know, you think they'd be fully fired up and ready to go from the first whistle, but it can happen. Can happen to any team at any time. Um, I think it was maybe yourself, Bride, or one of the boys that suggested that Joe Hart's maybe reading too many of the the negative headlines, and he's starting to to believe the the headlines himself. So hopefully he can shake that off. I'd be amazed if Celtic aren't looking for alternatives or options at least to challenge him. Um, but Joe Hart himself is a very good and very experienced goalkeeper and hopefully he can show that and shake things off Brendan Rodgers was speaking to the press uh, earlier this week it's usually on the Friday before the weekend but for some reason they've done it earlier and he was giving various updates on, on fitness and that kind of thing so Leo Labada's back fit and available which is good he came off against Ross County with a knock uh, but he's good to go for this one you'll have heard I'm sure that O is out for 46 weeks after picking up a calf strain the chat is he picked it up against Atletico Bobao Never told anybody, uh, featured in the squad on uh, Saturday against Ross County. Didn't come on as it happened, but that's now set him back a wee bit. And I'm sure that'll annoy Rogers, but he's out for between four and six weeks. On a more positive note, Alistair Johnson and Marco Tillio, they do remain out, but they're both closing in on a return to full training. And as we all know, Carl Starfelt is unavailable tomorrow 
and forever as he now heads to Spain to join Celta Vigo. Your general response to those updates, Brido? Well, the positives obviously uh, are good that, um, that Tilio uh, and Alistair Johnson are back training. Hopefully that means maybe just a few weeks. Got a couple of big games coming up, of course. Um, thankfully, no, no um, Champions League um, qualification because we'd be really, really nervous if these players were missing. Especially Johnson, I think he's been absolutely superb since since his arrival. Almost feels it feels like he's been here for a few seasons, actually. Um, regarding O, yeah, okay, he's not he's not going to start games a lot. Um, but ultimately, the big it becomes a concern that if Kyogo gets injured, uh, what have we got? I I kind of believe that Rogers sees Maeda as a striker as opposed to a winger. Um, and kind of has Maida is second in line to Kyogo actually, um, certainly from the preseason friendlies that we've seen the time that Maida played in that position, plays there for his national team obviously. So Rogers isn't the only one that thinks he can play that position. So um, Obin injured just gets a wee concern around other players, um, and obviously Carl Starfelt, you know, good luck to him. Uh, it, you know, he's it was a bit marmite at the start for a lot of people. Um, the purists would be a bit wary of his kind of skillfulness, if you like. But in actual fact, you know, I think he turned into a really good player for Celtic, and his partnership with with Carter Vickers was was pretty formidable. So uh, I I hate my defence changing anyway, um, but ultimately we're going to have to see if we can form a a partnership at the centre of the defence with a. Uh, Navratsky and maybe even somebody else um, with Carter Vickers because Carter Vickers is 100% going to be playing so yeah um, sad to see Starfield go really um, but I believe he's maybe moving more for love than he is for his football career but hey who would stand in the way of that maybe so you're an old romantic at heart Bridal. Um, <laughs> but it's true he, he formed a Formed a good partnership with CCV, but probably a more effective partnership with Jacinta by the sounds of it, and he's <laughs> he's chosen the latter. Um, just in terms of his exit, though, there's still some of that early season upheaval going on, and that'll probably continue till the window closes, won't it? It's just it's just the nature of the beast, you know. That's just modern football, and um, it's, you know, it's life. There's nothing we can do about it, but it is frustrating, isn't it? You know, there's there's comings and goings that will continue to disrupt Celtic's early season plans. Yeah, I think. There's not many clubs that don't have to deal with people leaving. And I think the way we are and with the manager leaving and a new manager coming in, that tends to be when a lot of players will move on, both from the manager's choice and maybe even the player's choice, thinking, you know, a lot of players follow a manager, you know, to, to a new club and leave the club they were at. Sometimes they see it as a good chance for a new start somewhere else. You know, there's various reasons why it happens. I think it, as Celtic fans, we are becoming relatively pretty decent at accepting that uh, and realistic uh, when players do leave. So I think the kind of heartache of or some, you know, sometimes when we're like, why would they want to leave Celtic is kind of changing a wee bit. Uh, and as long as we do it early enough and we get good kind of value for the players and make maybe a bit of profit if, if, uh, if that's possible, then I think it just softens the blow when we maybe get attached to, to certain players. So I think Roger's style might, um, whether or not it's suited Starfield or not, it's now irrelevant. So 
it allows Rodgers to go into the market with a bit of money perhaps and and look for players that, that, that is definitely the style of player that he wants. But we just need to get used to it, mate. I think the comings and goings. And you're right, there will be... I think there'll be more incoming uh, in the next kind of three weeks than there, than there will be going out. But we've got a few players that a lot of us would want to see going out because they're eating up the wage bill and things like that without contributing anything. So we might see lots of them disappear. But ultimately, I think we want to see, a, you know, I think a left-back, another winger, and probably in a centre-half for certain. And the old cliche still applies, doesn't it? You want to make sure that you come out the window stronger than when you went in. Um, and just on that, just I suppose a straightforward question. So we knew early about Jota moving on. Aaron Moy obviously decided to retire at the end of the season. Starfelt has now moved on. And of course, Ange, uh, he was off after the Scottish Cup final. Straight question. At this moment in time, do you feel that we are weaker than we were at the end of last season? Yeah. I would say yes, but but that's only because I don't think well, we've not we don't know what Starfield's replacement is in his partnership with Carter Vickers. So it, can that be replicated? So that's really strong. And we've not replaced a surefire replacement for Jota, but I still think we will. So I think we're not at the minute, but I am confident that we will be um by the end of the window. Yeah, and, and that's it's kind of my stance on it as well, you know. There's a lot of folk panicking and getting a bit nervous. And I understand that because you're you're not too far out now. You're kind of four or five weeks out from my Champions League campaign. But you've just got to allow the, the window to to do what it does. You know, you need to let Celtic do their work in the background. And hopefully we'll start to make some of those big signings that we're all looking for over the next couple of weeks. Good to see some comments today. You might have picked up on them from Carter Vickers already speaking well about Navrotsky and the, the kind of, you know, growing partnership that they've developed in these early stages so hopefully we see some good things from there but yeah we definitely need backup at centre half Um, you've mentioned a winger there Paddy from the show mentions you know we need a, a genuine a bona fide jota replacement and maybe one or two others um, moving back to Petodre though uh, and the guys that we've got available so what do you expect to see in terms of goalkeeper and defence I would expect the same goalie in back four as last week but any changes for you? Uh, no, mate. I think you, I think Rogers was quite consistent in his first time here as well. So I think it'll be pretty much the same. Um, I, I also don't think that there's many options. Fullbacks, uh, Burnaby's been a bad boy, I think, and um, sleeping in, I think, or something. Um, so Rogers will. Plus, he, I don't think he's good enough anyway. So Taylor will keep that spot, and Ralston will will keep right back, uh, and the two boys in the middle. So I don't see any changes at all in the back five, to be honest, mate. Yeah, uh, you're right about Burnaby. So the chat is that he slept in for a team meeting. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, being a stickler for discipline, said, if you want to sleep in, that's fine, but you, you won't be in the squad for Ross County. And a lot of us were wondering, you know, he wasn't in the squad, Haksabanovich wasn't in the squad. We now know the reason, uh, for Burnaby at least. Less so about Haksabanovich, and we'll need to see what happens there. But it's a good thing for Rodgers to have that opportunity, early bells, to discipline a guy like Burnaby, because the rest of the squad see that happening and they realise right away they can't pull any such stunts. So it's not a bad thing for a manager. It, it almost feels like it might have been planted just so Rodgers could show them who's boss, but we'll never know for sure. Um, getting into the midfield, so this has obviously been the ongoing debate or the big kind of hot topic, hot talking point after last week. David Turnbull gets an odd over Rayo Hattati. Turnbull gets his two goals, man of the match, and everyone's beaming about him, and rightfully so. 
And then you get that chat about Rio Hitati. Is he for the off? His body language looks poor. Rogers was also commenting during the week saying, listen, Rio's a great lad, but last season counts for nothing. You know, you need to pick up from here on in. This is a new cycle, a new group, a new manager. Um, what do you make of that debate in general before we look at the, the wider picture of Sunday's midfield? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're to look at the Hitati thing, I don't think Hitati's actually much different as to what he was before. But because the highlight and the spotlight's on it, you're kind of then, you worry because somebody else points it out and you're like, oh, right enough. And then you start thinking, oh, you think the worst case scenario and you're like, oh, right, maybe he will go. Again, if he does go, then Celtic will just need to deal with it and, and do what they do best and try and find replacements and get decent money for the player. On the pitch, I suppose, uh, I think we all know what Rio Hitati brings to the, the team. But perhaps we've forgotten what David Turnbull can be and what he can do. He's not getting dropped after his performances in pre-season and obviously at the weekend. Uh, and Matt O'Reilly chipped him with a goal too. So, and a decent, you know, a decent enough performance once they got going. So, there's a lot of people have doubts over both Turnbull and O'Reilly. Um, and maybe less doubts about Hatati. So, a lot of fans, if they were to pick them, maybe say Hatati, but probably deep down knowing that Rogers seems to be favouring Turnbull and O'Reilly. So, yeah... I, it makes us kind of look like we're a bit light there, though, because Hatati, you know, Turnbull and O'Reilly are the only three, really, since Moy left, um, fighting for that. I know McGregor could push forward and Quinkman, but um, that doesn't necessarily look like it's a stronger team if we remove McGregor. So, yeah, I think it'll be the same three. I think he'll pick the exact same three as last week. Uh, but it's, it's it's actually really quite, quite a good debate because there's a lot of arguments for for both sides and there's a lot of people that just really really doubt David Turnbull which I think is not right I don't think he deserves that um, and also O'Reilly I think O'Reilly's produced the goods he was I think he'd want, was he not the most assists or something last year or something or yep. from midfield so he's producing and he's doing it in big games as well um, uh, so a wee bit harsh sometimes the touch players get that though in Scotland I don't know why but sometimes they, if they're not aggressive or quite strong they tend to get a bit of stick. I've seen that over the years as well. And I don't know why, but it just seems to be, oh, he doesn't get tore in or he doesn't he doesn't press as aggressively as other players. He doesn't throw people off the ball. We tend to be a bit harsher on them. So I, I think that's part of it. But O'Reilly and Turnbull are very, very good technicians. And I think that's exactly what Rodgers likes. That doesn't mean that Tati isn't, because we all know that he is. But there's maybe something brewing um, that, that Rodgers maybe just doesn't, not doesn't like, but just decides, well, you know what? No, you're not you're not the main man for me. And that might be why Hatati's nose is out of joint as well. So it could be a combination of a lot of those things. Yeah, it, it could be all sorts of things, but it also allows, maybe similar in ways to the Burnaby situation, it allows Brendan Rodgers to make an example of a situation. So I'm sure Rio Hatati's trained just as hard as he always trains. He seems to be a good lad with a good attitude. But just dropping him like this and bringing in a a forgotten man in the shape of David Turnbull just keeps everybody on their toes. They'll look around and say, well, if Rail can be dropped, I could be dropped, so I better pull my socks up kind of thing. So that might just keep everybody uh, on point. We were laughing during the week. We were talking about how in situations like this, everybody becomes a, a body language expert, myself included. Look at Rio's shoulders, just a wee bit slumped. Did you see the way he walked out for the warm-up? All these kind of things. I don't think there's a problem with his attitude, but there might be a situation where he's potentially uh, got wind of the fact that there might be a move. Maybe the club are trying to block that. 
who knows, there's all sorts of stuff goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But at this moment in time, what it does do is it gives Brendan Rodgers an opportunity to reintroduce somebody like David Turnbull. And so far, so good. I was really impressed with him last week. I'm a big fan. He splits opinions, not just amongst the fan base, but even just amongst you know the guys that contribute to our show. Um, but I'm a, a massive fan and I, I hope he kicks on. And I think you're right. We'll see that same three of Cal Mack, David Turnbull and Matt O'Reilly on Saturday, uh, Sunday. And it means at the moment, there'll be no space for Hatati. You know, guys like Thiago Home and Quan will need to bide their time. And Awata, he finds himself even further out the picture. But there are options there. But I think you've touched on the fact that maybe we're still a centre midfielder light as well. And we'll see what happens there. Moving further up the park, um, again, I don't know I don't know if it just picks itself here. Kyogo's a certainty. You would think Maeda. And Roger seems to like what he's seen so far from Leah Labada. Is that the front three? Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. I think um, Yang, when he came on, uh, looked pretty decent. He didn't get a lot of time, but he, he was full of energy and full of endeavour as well as showing a glimpses of you know dropping the shoulder and in fact the near perfect goal for James Forrest all came yeah. from Yang dropping the shoulder and and just sending the the kind of left winger for. Uh, counting for the messages basically <laughs> he was like he put and then he put not just that though he puts a really good weighted pass into Hitati so he can play it first time so I, I think he he's maybe trying too hard in the friendlies and a lot of people were looking at it going oh I'm not sure if he's a Jota replacement and all the rest of it we didn't know but Jota didn't do things like that straight away you know Hatati didn't do well he kind of did to be fair Hatati buying one at Tynecastle didn't he and then he scored at Celtic Park against Rangers but it doesn't always work that way you know um, and then when you're a winger you're, you're charged with having to beat players you have to go and beat players you have to get to the bottom you have to do it it can be difficult to keep doing it if you lose the ball but I think he's quite strong but I don't think he's strong enough to send him up to Pataudry and put him in for the start so I'd probably agree that he'll go with Abada, who's not let him down yet either. Kyogo, who's not let him down. Amida, who hasn't let him down. So, we've had a week between the games. There's no need to rest players. Uh, I think that'll be exactly what he does. Yeah, I agree again. Um, I liked what I saw from Yang. Very direct and somebody who could be pretty exciting. So, perhaps somebody that you know he does bring on at some point at Pataudry. Um, but I agree, I don't think he'll start. I think James Forrest will very much be a supporting uh, or in a supporting role this season. No hacks Zabanovic last week, as I mentioned. Um, I think we've spoken before about him, Brido, and I agree, and I think everybody can agree that he's clearly a talent, but he's his Celtic career is stuttering, isn't it? He's just struggled to to get going. Yeah, I, I've I've got I like Haksabanovic like when he gets the ball. So when he's on the ball, it looks like he doesn't lose it a lot. Um he's he's probably our strongest, like physically strongest. Uh, of our so-called wide players but my issue is he doesn't have the pace and Elianusi didn't have pace uh, out wide um, Christy did, wasn't loads of pace and we really struggled when we played those players in the wide positions it made it easier for defenders anybody that's ever played defence at any level if you're playing against an opposition in a wing position <laughs> the last thing you need is to know that they're an absolute whippet and to, to, for Haksabanovic, he will turn into trouble into the middle of the park. Now, can create a lot of joy sometimes in certain games. Certain games might be right for him, but most of the games in Scotland, I think that's why it's been stuttering. A few injuries as well. He tucks into, into the middle of the park, and that's where all the bodies are. And, um, you know, I've seen some teams this season 
removing wide players altogether and trying to play certain ways, it just doesn't work. I've never seen it work. Um, the best teams that we've seen in Scotland, and unfortunately sometimes it's not ours, but the last 20 years it's pretty much been ours. We've had wide players who have been wide players. They've got to bylines, they've committed defences, and they've got in behind, and it really and it creates a lot of space for other players, like the midfielders coming to the edge of the box, third man running beyond strikers, all of that. It stretches defences out because they're terrified of the pace. They drop back five yards, it gets us a foothold in games. Haksibanovic doesn't bring that. He's very good when he gets the ball, but for me, he's not. He won't. You can't find a position. Ideally, you might play him behind a striker or something, but we don't play that way really. So I, I think he's just not got a position that suits his style, and he's probably going to just fade away and probably move on. And I'd be really disappointed if that's the case. But I can't argue with anything you're saying there. I, I think he doesn't have that blistering pace and, and byline thing going on, so therefore he won't work as a winger. And Celtic don't have the luxury of a number ten. We don't usually have someone sitting in behind Kyogo. So as much as I'm sure he's got the talent to pick off the passes in there, I don't think there's a space for him. And and if that's the case, the, the only road is out, which I'd be disappointed to see. But square pegs, round holes, and all that stuff. You need to you know utilize players for the system you're playing. And Rodgers will be too well aware of that. What about Aberdeen? But let's take a look at them. So they'll be disappointed to have started the campaign with that nothing each draw at Levy last week. Um, but as a fixture. And I know it's come early in the campaign, but as a fixture, this is one that they and their fans will be looking forward to, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when Glasgow, I stayed in Aberdeen for five or six years, and I know exactly, I've got a lot of friends that lived up there and from there. And when the teams from Glasgow come into town, there is a buzz about the city. There's more people go to the games. They, you know, they could be having a terrible time of it, but if they get a result against... One of the two teams, in particular Rangers, I have to say, um, but due to previous kind of rivalry that they've had, you know, they, they really got up for it. Now, against Celtic, I don't want to tempt fate, but it tends to result in a defeat. And sometimes it can be a entertaining game and, you know, there's a lot going on, the atmosphere is really good. But ultimately, Celtic go away with the points. Now, I'm hoping that happens this weekend too. Um, you're right, I think that they had a resurgence under Barry Robson and he 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 done a fantastic job, um, but when we look at it and we really kind of knock it down, it was more to do with Hearts' collapse than Aberdeen's resurgence, if you like. But in the last kind of five games, in the, in the top six games, Aberdeen struggled. You know, they got beat off Hearts, they got beat off Celtic, they got beat off Rangers, and they drew with Hibs 0-0. So when they come up against the better teams, they beat St Mirren 3-1 at home, but when they come up against the better teams, they do tend to, to struggle because perhaps they get mixed up that we're Aberdeen, we should be attacking, we don't need to defend, you know, everybody behind the ball, and that plays into the hands of the better teams. On, um, whereas if they maybe, you know, don't try and dominate the game maybe and play off on the break or whatever, with the players they've got, perhaps they would get a bit more joy. So I don't know why it is against the better teams that they tended to struggle, but they did. And I don't know if that's any different, but they have had, you know, wholesale changes and not just their squad, but they're kind of starting 11. Um They've got a lot of changes that I'm sure you'll touch on soon. Yeah, very much so. Um, I was looking at the, the previous results with Aberdeen before coming on to the recording and the, the perception is that it's it's always a tough place to go and I do maintain that. I don't think Celtic get it easy by any stretch, but looking at the you know the last number of results, Celtic have won their last seven games against Aberdeen. That includes a 5-0 post-split and a 4-0 before that. So 
Celtic have been comfortable, particularly like Celtic Park, don't get me wrong, but we're going up there winning as well. You know, 1-0 last time, there was a 3-2. So you talk about exciting games. Yeah, there's exciting games, but Celtic still get the win. Um, but this is what Barry Robson will be looking to, to change because he's a guy with a, a strong winning mentality. We've seen it as a, you know, as a player, as a competitor when he played for Celtic. And he won't, his whole thinking will be, don't allow these Glasgow teams to come up here and turn us over like they have done for years. It was what Alex Ferguson done in the early 80s, and I know we're, we're going back a bit there, but he basically created the siege mentality. You know, it's all about the Glasgow the Glasgow two, and that's how they set things out here in Scotland. Let's do something about that. And I think Barry Robson will be taking a similar approach here. And he'll, be, he'll be looking to get the guys really motivated to get a draw at the very worst. And I'm not sure how they'll approach the game. I don't know if he'll go for the win, or if he'll park the bus or something similar. And you can maybe give me your thoughts on that in just a minute. But in terms of recruitment, yeah, they seem to have recruited well over the summer. They've brought in, I think, 11 new signings at this moment in time. That includes a few loan guys. They've got the likes of Leighton Clarkson in permanently from Liverpool, which I think is a great piece of business. And various others we know, Devlin, the fullback. They've got another left-back in. Uh, Graham Shinney's now there permanently. He's come up from Wigan. And we know about guys like Duke and Majowski previously. The, the front two are very effective. So... What do you think of the, the personnel, I suppose, and how Aberdeen might approach the game? Yeah, I mean, you're right about Robson, first of all, you know, and he, he's, he's, he's like, he just gives you that image that he's not a guy he messes about and he won't he won't suffer, you know, players just lying down and accepting a, a 3-4-0 defeat. So I think it's going to be tough just even on that factor. Um, regarding personnel, yeah, they have... Um, by all accounts, it looks as if they've recruited well because they're the calibre of player they've got. They bring an experience for Devlin, who was a, a good servant to Livingston. They brought in Shinny, you know, apparently, and he was there last year on, on loan, I think, from Wigan, but he's came in. Again, a guy that knows the kind of the how to battle against the teams um, from Glasgow in particular, um, Celtic. So he knows, he, 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 he tries to stand up to it. Ability sometimes, yeah, he gets found out, but at least he he's quite aggressive and he's quite in your face and I think they need that at home you know to be hard to beat um, I think they've got good players up front in that uh, Duke and Miofsky now they played three at the back um, last week I, well they play the same again I don't know teams don't normally when they play three at the back they tend to stick to that it's easy to uh, fall back into a five at the back that way um, uh, and it still maintains a threat and it allows them to keep guys like uh, the boy Duke and Miofsky on the park up front. Because I think they can cause Celtic some problems. We've got a kind of new defence. We've got, a, you know, a right-back who's not our normal first starting right-back. Um, you know, so I can see them causing us problems. Um, and Miofsky's a very good finisher. We've seen that uh, in the 2-0 um, defeat of Rangers. I think he got the header. Um, um, so I think... Um, I think that they can cause us problems, that's for sure. And I think um, the players they brought in will, will, will definitely make it a different spectacle. The players they have lost, though, they've lost some big players, McCrory, that Ramdani, the way Campbell. They were good players, McLennan. They were good players for them. So they've lost them. So it's whether or not, they've, like you said, will they be stronger than they were before the players left and, and the boys coming in? It'll probably remain to be seen. The result last week might dictate. Well, maybe not, but it's early days for them too. Yeah, it's very much the whole on-paper thing, isn't it? You know, you, you look at the, the names and the guys they've brought in. They've got another lad in on loan from Liverpool as well. Um, let me see, isn't it? Reese Williams, who's come in, maybe similar idea to Leighton Clarkson. They've brought him in on loan. 
they'll potentially be looking to make that a, a permanent signing. He's a centre half. They've got a right back, Jaden Richardson from Stockport. Uh, Odadia or Ordadia, sorry, another right back. And I, I'm, I'm looking at the various guys they've signed, and out with let me see one. They've signed a centre forward from I think a, a team in Prague. Everyone else is either defence minded or defensive midfield minded. And I wonder if that says a lot about Barry Robson's mentality. As I said there earlier on, make yourself hard to beat first and foremost, and then you can build from there. And I, and I wonder if that's the approach he'll take. But you're right, you know, we don't know how how good these guys will be. You know, on paper, they might be decent. Um, but it, it remains to be seen, and it's fairly early days for them as well. They won't have played a lot together. Um, and they've lost some key players. So it, it's going to be a tough one for them. And I suppose we'll, we'll find out soon enough. We're not that far out from kickoff. It's a 12 lunchtime on Sunday. So we'll... We'll see up close and personal just how good Barry Robson and his Aberdeen side are going to be this season. Um, time for scoreline predictions, Brido. So myself and Paddy done the recording last week. Uh, you'll you'll not be surprised to hear both of us got it wrong. I think, I think Paddy. What did he go for now? He may have said four one. I said four 0 So I was well half right. I got the Celtic goals right, but I didn't get any of the the Ross County goals right. So zero points for both of us anyway. What about yourself? What do you think we'll be looking at? Come Sunday afternoon. I, I think um I would be going for me like a three one. I I I I can see them causing us problems and I can see your defence just been a bit shaky still. It's the hardest part to get right when you when you've got a new team if you like or so for me Rogers will, will keep doing what Roger does best, but it takes time. It takes time and, we, and they're putting a lot of onus on the ball. So I think Aberdeen at home, lunchtime kick off. I can't see them not scoring, but I also can't see Kyogo not getting maybe one or two himself. Um, his movement's too good. And then, and if they play three at the back, there's space in, in behind for the likes of Maida and Abada, should they be the ones that get picked to play. So I think Rangers, uh, Celtic can really hurt um, Aberdeen as well and probably just better and hurt them more than they can hurt us. Yeah. I think your Rangers in the head, Brad, that's a, a few too many times you've mentioned them during this recording. Um, I think it'll be tight. I, I think it'll be a, a tough old game. I don't think we'll get everything our own way. And as I say, they'll be fired up through Barry Robson. I do think Celtic will win, uh, but just by the odd goal. So I'll say 2-1 on this occasion. And, you know, we'll sit tight and, and see how it plays out. Brad, as I said, it's definitely a game to look forward to. You know, there's always a bit of an edge to it. You've got experience of, of being in the city yourself. You've obviously felt that through some of your pals here and, and some Aberdeen fans, but any final thoughts and comments ahead of this one? No, I just look, look, I always look forward to this fixture and it's great if you can get the trip up as well, which unfortunately I'm not, but um, yeah, I just think that no matter what Celtic fans go up there, they'll, they'll make plenty of noise and, and I think it's, these are the games, if you think back, Big Ange, uh, Ronnie Dyla, you know, winning at Pataudry kind of set them off and um, I think that uh, you know the support for Rogers and a lot of folk maybe all a bit, a bit of this, bit of that. I think it's games like this, and maybe if they're tight and we come through it, it's just more and more support for them. And I hope that that kind of happens, you know. And I hope that we we get a good win. So three points is a must. It's you know there's a lot of people wanting us to maybe or think we might drop the points. Um, that's up to them. But it's up to us to go up there and grab the points and improve the performance of last week but you know if we get the same result 4-2 we'd take it but just a better performance so I'm looking forward to it and uh, I just I, I just uh, I'm, I'm still quite positive 
Yeah, it's a great place to go and win, isn't it? And it's one that it just builds it or allows you to build that confidence. And to go up there and potentially get a, a big win on match day two, I think we just give everybody, players, fans, Rogers alike, all a big, massive boost as we head through the campaign. So Celtic now head north for Sunday's lunchtime kickoff, looking to maintain their positive start to the season after last week's opening day win. They won't find it easy against Aberdeen, though, aside to have been brimming with confidence under Barry Robson in recent times. It's a game I look forward to, and we'll be back here on the Celtic Exchange Plus shortly after the final whistle to bring you our match reaction and to see just how right or wrong Bride or myself have been with the scoreline predictions. But in the meantime, from both of us, thanks for listening and enjoy the game. Mm-hmm.